Hi, everybody. I have some exciting news. I am launching a Substack. I know. I keep telling you how I'm not a writer, and I'm still not a writer, but I am going to be writing about reading over on Substack. The Substack is called Unstacked, and you can find it at tracythomas.substack.com. There will be free options every Friday. There'll be a bunch of weekly roundups, announcements, all the shit I'm into. And then if you want to upgrade yourself to the paid subscription, I'm going to have author interviews, bonus episodes, anticipated reads, book pairings, community chats, all sorts of stuff. So, If that sounds like something you'd be into, go to tracythomas.substack.com and join Unstacked. And of course, I've got a special offer for you. If you go to tracythomas.substack.com slash the stacks 10, you get 10% off your first year membership of Unstacked. You have from now until April 4th to redeem. Again, that's tracythomas.substack.com slash the stacks 10 for 10% off Unstacked. Okay, that's enough. Let's listen to this episode. Hi, and welcome to The Stacks, a podcast about books. I'm your host, Tracy Thomas, and today on The Stacks, we're talking to actor Josh Segarra, who has been on Broadway and on a whole bunch of TV shows, including Arrow, Orange is the New Black, and he's on a new Comedy Central show that comes out this Thursday called The Other Two. You can catch the first episode on January 24th. Before we get going, here's your reminder to follow The Stacks on all of our social media platforms for reviews, lists, and more bookish content. Links to all of our accounts can be found in the show notes. Also in the show notes are links to everything we talk about on today's episode. Shopping through these links gives The Stacks a small commission at no cost to you. If you're shopping anyway, why not help out this bookish podcast? As you know, The Stacks is a completely free show. Every episode is available for free. If you'd like to support the show, go to patreon.com slash the stacks. You make contributions to this show, you get to know you're supporting a podcast you love, and you get perks like our virtual book club and a lot more. Go to patreon.com slash the stacks to join the stacks pack. And while we're here, I just want to give a special thank you to our newest members of the stacks pack. Lisa Smead, Emily Willis, Chelsea Gardner, Kate Olson, and Olivia Coco. Thank you all so much for your support and making this show a reality. If a monthly subscription isn't for you, you can also do one-time contributions by going to paypal.me slash the stacks pod. Take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review this show. It goes a long way to helping us reach new audiences and in turn be able to book more new, exciting, inspiring, diverse guests. So if you haven't yet, take a moment to rate and review the show. Our latest review comes from Alej Gutz, and they say, This is a great podcast. Tracy asks all, almost, the questions of her interesting and insightful guests that I want asked. That she brings her own self to the conversation makes the flow and exchange all the better. I am catching up listening to older episodes, but The Stacks is one of my go-to book resources now. Keep up the good work. Hard to believe it's only about nine months old. With time, it will only get better and better. Thank you so much, Alej Gutz. Okay, now it's time for our discussion with actor Josh Segarra. All right, y'all, we are back this week with our guest, my dear friend, Josh Segarra. Josh is an actor of both the screen and the stage. You can find him on the television shows Arrow, Sirens, and Orange is the New Black. He's been on Broadway uh, in the 
On Your Feet musical, and he's got a bunch of exciting new projects coming up soon, which I'll let him tell you about. Hi, Josh. Welcome to the Sacks. Hi, Trace. I'm excited, man. I'm so excited that you're here. Josh is one of my oldest, dearest friends from college, so we're going to try to keep it semi-professional, but he's like actually a real actor too, so it's fine. Okay. I'm going to let you tell us about yourself first. Okay. one, I love you for that intro. That was very cool. <laughs> that was very, very funny. Do fun. you feel famous? Uh, I, it's funny because we've sat at this table so many times, and and uh, I just love you, dude. Yeah. This has been incredible. So- I'm going to say how I know you. I met you like day one of college, day two mm-hmm. of college, something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And we've just been buds ever since, man. I don't think I would have graduated without you. That's right. You took every note. I read all the books, and I took every note, and this should surprise no people. No people. Zero people. Uh, You were my friend that tells me to read today. You know, If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be reading. That's also true. Um, No, dude, uh, I'm out here in L.A. for a little bit working on a show called AJ and the Queen. It's going to come out on Netflix. Uh, It's going to be very, very fun. That's been cool. And who else is in that show? Uh, RuPaul. You might know that, man. Just casual. Yeah, just a little RuPaul. Like, I don't want to fangirl too much, but I just want to know, because he's one of the producers on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he created the show? He and Michael Patrick King. So Michael Patrick King is our showrunner. Michael Patrick King was the showrunner for Sex and the City and Two Broke Girls and The Comeback. And so uh, Michael and Rue are telling the story. So Rue's the star, you know. Rue is, uh, he's the queen and AJ and the queen. And then you'll meet a little girl named Izzy G who plays AJ. Uh, And they, by happenstance, end up on the road together. On the show I play Hector, I play Rue's boyfriend, Hector. Okay. And his amazing. business partner. Okay, amazing. And is Rue as dynamic and captivating in like day-to-day life, like eating breakfast at craft services? A hundred percent. Does he uh, eat breakfast at craft services? I have yet to see him eat breakfast at craft okay. services. <laughs> we 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 talk about what we eat all the time. That's one of our favorite conversations. But Rue is you use the word captivating. He is, man. He's just He's an unbelievable, such a beautiful energy, you know, like just the way he he conducts himself in front of, you know, all these powerful people, you know, we'll sit at read throughs and it's all the Netflix cats and it's all the Warner Brothers cats. And and he just sits there, man, just makes everybody laugh, puts everybody at ease, you know, and he's been my bud, you know, and from day one, we've just been buddies and just getting to know each other a little bit more and more. And uh, he truly is incredible. And it's fun. Like I get to meet him. In the middle, you know, like he's he's a legend for everything that he's mm-hmm. doing. He's waking up every day at 4 a.m., that guy, and, and and he's got the world's best coming out. And, of course, he's got Drag Race, and he's got his 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 world. And then we get to come together and get to tell our little story that I know he's really proud of and uh, I'm really proud of. So I'm excited for everybody to see it. And when does it come out? Uh, this fall. I don't know an exact date, but something in the fall. And it's on Netflix. Gonna be so it'll all be out at once. It'll all be out at so once. So we can binge and like die. Binge. Okay, it's freaky. Wait. It's freaky, man. Like even on, because on Orange. Because you're on the most recent season of Orange. Yeah, on on six and seven. Uh, and I think they just announced that it's going to be the last season. Seven? So, yeah. But it hasn't been filmed yet. Uh, they're filming it right now. Oh, okay. They're about to finish it okay. up. Yeah. So, uh, so my character on there, you know, like he, Stefanovic is a funny little cat. But I kind of come in, paint a couple colors, and then, you know, I get to get to leave the palette there. Whereas this, I'm, we're telling one story. This, you know, obviously it's coming out at the same time. It's going to be streaming. So I haven't gotten to craft an arc like this that's mm-hmm. going to be seen on maybe in a day. So that's freaky. And it's yeah. exciting. And there's pressure in that. But uh, it's all I'm thinking about. So I'm hoping that it, you know, it ends up being a nice little package at the end. 
I can't wait to watch it. I'm very Thanks, excited. Uh, no, not because you're in it, because I, I just really like RuPaul. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so you've also been on Broadway. Yeah. Which is like the coolest thing in the world. I think like being yeah. on TV is lovely and like being a movie star, like winning an Oscar is fine. But yeah. being on Broadway is to me the tippy top. Yeah, it's the coolest. And you played Emilio Esteban in the Gloria Esteban musical. And you got to do a lot of pivot turns, which I love. <laughs> yeah, a lot of pivot turns. Yeah, which was really important. But here's the thing. How often, if ever, are actors or you playing people who are alive who you know for sure will see your work? Because he was a producer on it. Yeah, So, like, yeah. you were playing him, and it wasn't like, oh, maybe he'll come, and that would be funny. It's like, oh, he's at rehearsal today. Oh, yeah. Like, and I'm you. Oh, yeah. You know, like, it was, it was maybe a at first, I remember, because it was about a two-year process from the very first reading mm -hmm. uh, to uh, my last show, and they kept going for another year after I left. Um, and now they're still on tour. They're killing it. Right. So um, it was definitely intimidating at first. I remember meeting him, and I, and I heard his accent. You know, he said, hey, mucho gusto. Eh? Good to meet you, Judge. <laughs> you know? And, and, and I, at that moment, I think the intimidation wore off because I realized how warm he was. He's mm. he, he's He's... He's the best, man. You know, I've been fortunate enough to to come across some cool cats, and 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 he is definitely one of the coolest. Uh, I joked, I was like, "Yo, you know Pitbull, right?" And he's like, "Yeah, that's that's my boy." I was like, "That's Mr. Worldwide." He's like, "No, no, no, baby, I'm Mr. Worldwide." <laughs> and I was like, "Okay." My so, highlight with them was I went and saw you, and uh -huh. I got to go backstage, which is like I love to do because obviously I'm a loser who loves musical theater. And I get back there, and I like you know they're like Josh, your guest is here, and I go upstairs to like see it's like this really it was at the marquee yeah. at the Marriott, so it's like a really nice backstage. It's like fancy and not a thirty stories high. Yeah. And Gloria and Emilio are walking down the hall, and I'm like. Oh my God, there they are, like trying to be like, oh, I don't see them, whatever. And they come right up to us and they're like, oh, Tracy, we've heard so much about you. And I was like, I'm dead. But like only really nice people would do that. Correct. Because first of all, they probably heard zero things about me. But second well, of all, did maybe like one thing. <laughs> but second of all, for them to act like, like to, to make me feel like I was important, that's like a level of just grace and goodness because it would be so easy to be like, oh, you're Josh's friend. Hi. And walk away. But they're like, we've heard so much about you. And like, I think that she gave me a hug. But I also think I blacked out because I also saw Andrea Burns, <laughs> who I also love from Songs from a New World, which, this again, this is all embarrassing for me to say, <laughs> but also all very true. <laughs> no, man, that's a you like that was them, you yeah. know, like that, that that that's 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 them at all times. You know, they were they were just such a they were incredible, man. Yeah. I, I wouldn't trade that experience for anything, just getting to see them and just kind of get to know them. And it's, you know, what you asked about, about playing Emilio, it's funny, years removed now, I'm thinking back to it. I realized, like, at first, I heard Josh Brolin talk about something one day where he was talking about what what he uses uh, as kind of hooks. He, mm -hmm. he likes to find his hooks for each, app, for each character. Mm -hmm. And with Emilio, looking back, that hook was the accent. Right. You know, that's, that's who, that's... My family speaks with an accent, you know. Right. He reminded me of my uncle, of my dad, of my cousins, you know, and and that accent was everything, you know, and uh, and and his energy was everything, and that's what we did with that show, you know, yeah. like 
that show was an unbelievable experience. Man. And it was so fun. And if it's Thanks. coming to a city near you, you should go see it. It's yeah, all should. the music that you know. Like yeah. it's like the whole show. You're just you'll like, be oh. like catapulted back to Miami. Dancing. In the 80s. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I'm one of those people who fully does not stand up during a musical, and I do believe I was standing up going to the conga. I was like, oh, I think like all these people around me were standing up, and I was like, I do love this song. This is my jam. Tell no one. Uh, <laughs> okay. <clears throat> So in addition to being on Broadway and being a star on Broadway and being in TV, you get to do like a lot of cool, glamorous things. But I want to know what stuff people think is glamorous that is actually the pits about being like an actor with some, you know, fame. Hmm. Because hmm. like you were, you've been like a bad guy on a Man, comic, oh, yeah. a comic book comic show, book show like, yeah. and people really care about that kind of stuff. Yeah, there's a very cool world involved in that. So, like, what's the thing where you're like, oh, my God, everyone's like, oh, and you're really like, this is my nightmare. I hate being, I hate doing this. I'll tell you right now what I'm going through with this character. Hector. With, uh, with Hector, he's obsessive about his body. Mm. And as you know, Trace, <laughs> um, I am not obsessive you're about You're obsessive about body. food. <laughs> That's correct. I'm obsessive <laughs> about food. So... The hook for this guy has been that. It was the first thing that I was told about the character was like, this guy cares right. more than anything. And, um, and you know, uh, my wife, who you know very well, my wife has been a huge support throughout this, but there's been a couple nights of tears when oh. I wanted to eat the food I wanted to eat. or, right. And it's usually just me being a baby. All right. this comes down to is, you know, like if there's a challenge set in front of you, you want to just run right through the wall. Mm -hmm. And then I personally will come up with 50 excuses as to why I can't run through that wall. I will say, no, I need ice cream to mm. fall asleep. No, I, I eat my feelings. That's how I cope. Food is my vice. And then you get a character that those things don't make sense. And you got to start on the inside out and you find that hook. And now we're six months in and sure there have been some days where it was the pits, but the other days are ones where you're like, all right, man, I'm accomplishing something that I know was nearly impossible. Mm. And it's, you know, it's been a fun journey. You know, each character has that thing. So with this one, it's been that. It's been, uh, and it, I know it's a positive thing. I know that it's for the character, but man, there have been some tough days. Right. Well, I feel like <laughs> when you see like Christian Bale, who like all he does is like get yeah. obese and get anorexic, like that's his character for everything he's in since yeah. Little Women. Like truly, has he ever not gained weight for a role? But I, I'm that must be just like he must be one of those people who doesn't care about food. Man, I or how or... do you get so big and then get so skinny? Like <sighs> he looked deathly ill at the golden globes and even at the machinist remember machinist yeah. where he, he, well, lost he got all, like really anorexic for like that. an apple a day or something yeah like that. but like you i don't know that you could be someone who loves food and be that oh, kind of an actor man. regularly correct like maybe correct. you could do it here and yeah, there yeah, but correct. i'm like this guy clearly is not eating right like yeah, Trace. like <laughs> dude i mean it is i mean we could talk about it like we're not recording this podcast i mean like even you as my friend had to be supportive at times to be like yes. all right josh i know you're not eating tonight like let's, i had to get salad with you once and i wanted to die you're like meet me at the salad place no we've gone salad twice yeah, since you've yeah, been in la yeah. it's definitely a team effort and I in truth salad you know the book we were reading has it's kind of like resonated a lot in the sense that art reflects life 
Mm-hmm. And he talks about it in Fatherhood. We're talking about Rap Dad, which we're doing oh, next yeah. week. We'll do Just next in week. Case yeah. You didn't know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, art is always reflecting our life. So we have to live our life, right? right. And that's sometimes as with characters, you want to go into this cocoon and you want to like just go into this black hole. And I'm realizing that one, that's impossible as mm-hmm. a dad. Mm-hmm. You can't go into your black hole. Right. But two, for me, I, I don't enjoy that as much. I right. like still seeing my friends right. and I like still finding a way to kind of balance everything out. And and uh, so I think that's what I'm learning, man. With each new job, you know, there are days where we're all trying to find balance, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's what That's where we're... So with each new job, you try to find that thing. And uh, so there's some tough days in the middle, but I always, I always laugh, though, after, because then they go, all right, champagne problems, Josh. You know, <laughs> yeah. you can't be that mad about this. Well, right. These know? are, like, glamorous problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think yeah, people yeah. can obviously relate to, like, yeah. weight loss and, yeah. like, trying to figure out the balance between I want to be happy and I want to be healthy, but I also maybe want to look a certain way or feel a certain way yeah. or, you know, changing what you're eating because you're yeah. you have health issues or whatever like it's more common yeah. obviously yours is like a little bit of a it's completely in this sense it's completely superficial because it's for the character right. but it's essential right you know but as we're rapping about it, it makes me think about something else in in the business you know i think about i think a lot about my family i think mm-hmm. about you trace i think about my friends like you know you dream about getting to play cool characters and you dream about getting to be on cool shows along the way you know and and now that I'm getting to kind of taste a little bit here and getting to play interesting little characters and, you know, like like you said, my a little bit of notoriety is coming my way for these parts. I think about Gus, you know, I think That's about what son. it's my son. I think about what his life is going to look like in 20 years. You know, he doesn't know what he likes. He doesn't know that dad has an actor yet, you know, um, but I, I'm just once again in process with this guy you know with with gus and and me and brace are always in process with him we're gonna protect him as much as we can but at the same time dude it is what it is you know like folks are gonna sometimes ask dada for a picture right and that's okay you know like (laughs) and you know we'll figure it out as it goes yeah, like balancing. I mean, I don't want to talk too much about your being a dad because we're going to spend yeah, we're going to go all into next week later. talking exactly, about exactly, it. Exactly, exactly, exactly. But Josh is a dad, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. So as an actor, we talk about this a lot on the show because we've had a lot of actors on. We talk about reading as an actor, like that it's part of your job. You have to read scripts and sides mm-hmm. and things like that. But once you get cast in a role, how much reading are you doing around your character, if any? Like aside from the text work and like rereading the script and going over your lines, how much like are you trying to figure out the world or the person through reading books or articles? A lot. It's not necessarily picking up a book, mm-hmm. although with this character, you gave me two really good books uh, by Mark it? Ronson, oh. So You've Been Publicly Shamed, and The Psychopath Test. Mm. You gave me So You've Been Publicly Shamed, which I loved, and I brought it up to 50 people. <laughs> and then I am uh, I just finished The Psychopath Test. Um, I have two more books I want to read about uh, that Juan talked about, uh, I believe it was Wild at Heart that he talked about mm-hmm. in the book, uh, and then he then later gives his own critique of it. Yeah. But that and uh, another one called A Man's Search for Meaning. Oh yeah, by and Victor Frankel. Yeah, by I Victor have that. Frankel. Do you need to borrow my copy? I have. Copy? It. I have okay. I'm about to start it, but I only say those books, Psychopath Test and, and So You've Been Publicly Shamed. I've read. I finished uh, before I started the job, and then these two I have them with me on set. Uh, just to kind of keep my head in the space that I want to keep it in. But in preparation, 
I don't know. It's a lot of articles about the time that we're in, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, who, who this guy is to me. If he has an accent, I'm listening to that a lot. Uh, if, if, if it's a time um, in our world that I don't know very well, I'm trying to just kind of familiarize myself with it. But no, it's much more, I'm realizing now that it's much more audio, I think, or, or, or visual that I always try to immerse myself in. And if I find a book that helps with that character, definitely delve into it, like with this one. But this is probably the most the, the most I've read out of books for a character, just because I loved those that you gave me so much. <laughs> it helped so much uh, with who I think uh, who I think the character is. Yeah. I have been called an enabler recently by a lot of people because I'm pushing books on them. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I don't think that's a bad thing. No, I think it's awesome. But man. people are like, you're an enabler. I mean, people who have problems like me who read a lot of books, like a lot of people who listen to the show, yeah. are, will be like, I bought this book because you're an enabler. Like, <laughs> I'm not supposed to be buying more books. I'm like, sorry, that's you have so too funny. many books. Tough life. Well, you, you, I have, I, maybe five years ago, I would have said I don't like reading. And I think I even said that to you not too long ago, but it's such a lie because I do love reading. reading. Like there's no better feeling than when you finish a book. If it's a good book. If it's a good book. Well, also if it's a bad book, you're like, oh, I'm done. I know that's so true. It's true. (laughs) So it's like, I just, you are, you're, 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 you're the best kind of an English. Hell yeah, man. Like you've already taught me so much. Just the, the, the books you've gave me in my lifetime, man, you've taught me a lot. And, you didn't know that, but it was through their words, you know, and that's why I think you're the smartest for real. And I'm not Yay. even being nice to you because we're on microphones. No, but it <laughs> helps that I paid you a lot of money. <laughs> it helps that I helped you get through yeah. college. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, okay. I do have one more yeah. question about reading as an actor, and then we'll go on to the books. Um, yeah. So I know that actors read a ton of scripts for auditions and blah, blah, blah. But here's my question. Have you ever read any scripts where you've been like, this is garbage, and then you've seen it as a TV show or a movie and been like, this was the greatest movie I've ever seen, or vice versa, where you've read a script and been like, oh, this script is so amazing, and like you pictured it, and then you saw it produced, and you were like, eh, of this course. is terrible. Um, the, the answer is yes and yes. Like, <laughs> like, there was one I read this year that was about, and I'm not going to go too much into it because they might sue me. There was one I read, no, last year, it was a pilot audition, and it was about a town where um, some weird stuff is going on, and then some kids get captured, and then they have to go to this other town that has a theme that I think is like a, a holiday theme or something like that, and I'm reading it going like, what is this? And then I realized, I'm like, oh yeah, when folks read Stranger Things, right. they probably were like, what is this this? thing and then we saw it you know so that's always my my i don't want to say fear but you're always trying to figure out like where do where do you fit into this story can i tell this story and i've started to stop thinking is it good because what's good now is 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 so the word i'm trying to think of what's good now is so subjective you know like there's so many outlets now and then there are some that man i was dying to be a part of uh just dying and then when you see it let me think i mean I, all the ones that pop into my head are the ones i'm dying to be a part of that i'm not going to be a part oh. of i'm so excited <laughs> for umbrella academy the show coming out on netflix it's about superhero a superhero family that looks incredible you know and i remember back in the day like 
reading like uh, reading uh, an audition for This Is Us. Really? Uh-huh. And then you see it and you're like, oh, this is a beast. You know, like I'm a parenthood guy. You so know? Like when you read This Is Us, did you think it was good? That's exactly. Well, I knew what they were going for right. and that was it. Like I'm, I have to battle with being is to think, is it good or is it bad? Because when I'm reading scripts, I don't I can't form that opinion. Right. I have to just kind of look at it without a lens, you know. And and true, like what makes me think a script is good is if the dialogue is written well. Right. You know, like but if that's I can not hear the whole that's picture. exactly right. it. So that's like I thought stuff was good just because it was me talking for fifty five like, pages. Be in this scene. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, I want to do a scene about meeting my birth mom. This is the greatest play ever, greatest movie ever. And it's exactly. literally a garbage yeah, thing. Like, you know, like and then the oh yeah, dude. Like you just you come across so many that you think it'd be good that you're spot on, man, or terrible. And you think some are terrible and then they end up being so the best thing ever made. You know, you yeah. just never know. Yeah. Well, I always laugh because I have friends, you know, who book pilots and they come and they shoot it and it doesn't get picked up or it does get picked up and they're not in it. And I'm like, thank God this show is garbage. I'm so glad I don't have to watch this. <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh, thank you. I know. I read today, I read this uh, uh, on The Ringer. They had an article this morning where uh, John Krasinski was talking about he had a conversation with uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. Okay. And John Krasinski had said, oh, man, I saw this movie and it was bad. Mm-hmm. And Paul Thomas Anderson said, he's like, hey, man, you know, you can't say that movie was bad because that's going to limit the stuff we get to make. Oh. And I thought that was super interesting. I think that's dumb. I know, but I was interested <laughs> to ask you about that because that we're in a world where you should, you're, you're allowed to be critical, but... Yeah. I'm of the belief that Paul Thomas Anderson said to John, and because I've even heard other people say where it's like, man, I've been in some jobs where you thought they were going to be amazing at the end, and then right. it comes out and people hate it. And sure. I've had some that, you know, so I guess I'm just learning that I was but like, oh, I can't judge it. No, I you can't, can't no, judge you any can. of that. Because, I know. I think this I is know. totally wrong. I think this is so wrong. This is, this is, ugh, I hate this. <laughs> Do you want to know why this is wrong? I'll tell you tell why me, this is tell wrong. Tell me why. Tell me why. It's wrong because John Krasinski isn't saying as, in his space as a producer, this is bad and it shouldn't be made. He's saying he saw this movie and he consumed this thing and it wasn't good. He's also mm. not saying it's objectively bad. Mm. He's saying it's bad. Like, that's fine. We talk like the next thing I'm mm. about to ask you is two books you love and one book you hate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Are yeah. you Josh Segarra, the authority on this bad book? No, no you just right. didn't like it. And you mm. could have not liked it because it was something that triggered you or you could have not liked it because you thought it was a little racist or you could have not liked it because you thought the writing was really bad. But that doesn't mean that the book is actually bad. It means that you didn't like it. So I think that telling people they can't critique things makes everyone make mediocre white guy shit. And also (laughs) it's interesting that it's two white guys talking about it. Like what was the, the movie was probably like something dumb. I I wish I knew what the movie was. You know, cause it's like, there are things that are bad for reasons that are, objectively bad like they glorify rape right mm-hmm. and like if you can't say that that's bad because it's going to limit things like that being made that's dumb too yeah. so like john krasinski can say it's bad whether or not anybody listens to john krasinski is also a whole nother question because honestly like i love the office but like i don't know i'm not going to john krasinski he's not like the academy <laughs> like i don't like well, i don't know and I, also like think about movies that are really enjoyable that are really bad like those things are different and like mm. movies that do well are that are objectively bad. Like, mm. I, I mean, like the Tyler Perry movies are like, are like <laughs> white chicks or like, 
I don't know. There's so many like <sighs> Hangover Three. Like that's an objectively bad movie that d- did well. Mm-hmm. So like there's so many different measures for success. I think that we should be able to be as critical of things as we want to be, but also understand that our criticism, like you have to have a reason for not liking something. And then also like, you're also not the end all be all of these things. That's just my opinion. No way. That's what I wanted to ask you about. Though. Yeah. So, I knew you had a good opinion. Of course opinion I have an opinion about I have to tell this. everybody though about our relationship. I want you to know this. Oh God. There are times in my life where I'll be like, Trace, that wall right there is just too big. And you, Trace, see, some people call it an enabler. You are, you're a fighter, man. You are, you are my, you're inspiration to me at times. Like, even just hearing you talk about that, I want to run through a wall right now. You know, like, so. And go call every movie bad. No, no, no. I do. I think everything's bad. Um, I'm, a, I'm a, objectively a hater. Like, you, if you want a five-star review for your book from me, it's got to be outstanding. Yeah, like, like I read shows, 90 books last year, and I think I gave 16 five-stars. <sighs> like, you've got to be great. But why I love you, though, is because you'll come to my stuff and you say, Josh, you were fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> and that guy you had to act with had food in his teeth. And you know what? The music was bad. That's right. I'll tell you. But also, I understand that other people could like it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just a critic at heart. Taking care of your health isn't always easy, but it should be at least simple. That's why for the last three plus years, I have been drinking AG1 every day, no exceptions. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day, and it makes me feel nourished and strong enough to tackle whatever else might come my way. That's because each serving of AG1 delivers my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and a lot more. It's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. The nutritional insurance that AG1 provides has been vital to keeping me productive and focused. It helps me cover my bases in just about the time it takes to fill a glass of water, scoop in one scoop of AG1, and then drink it. So I don't know, 75 seconds? With the perfect mix of vitamins, probiotics, and nutrients from Whole Foods, I'm not stuck trying to assemble it all by myself, which would have considerably worse results. AG1 saves me all the time and hassle, and it has made such a difference in my overall mood and especially my gut health, among many other things. But don't take my word for it. Go ahead and try AG1. Let me know what you think. Whether you notice you're needing more nutrient support than you're used to, or you just need an edge for a tough workout, AG1 can be the ticket. If there's one product I had to recommend to elevate your health, it's AG1, and that's why I've partnered with them for so long. If you want to take ownership of your health, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3, K2, and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash the stacks. That's drinkag1.com slash the stacks. Check it out. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off-limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach 
blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Okay, yeah. so since I already teased it, two Hell books yeah. you love, one Hell book yeah. you hate. Two books I love. Uh, and I one love... book you don't like that much, but you hope still gets more produ- produced. No, books. no, no, I'm with you. <laughs> I got a good one for that one. Okay. Uh, I love uh, The Lamb, Gospel According to Biff. Uh, it's a, it's a Biff <laughs> is a Jesus's childhood best friend, uh, written by Christopher Moore. I, that was, I think, like the, one of the first books I ever read by choice, you know, in high school. And uh, I grew up very religious. I grew up in a Pentecostal church, and I remember somebody talking about it, and just it was like it opened my eyes to what the rest of the world kind of looked like sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, like what. So and made me laugh while doing it. And then uh, what's another one that I love? Wait, I have to interrupt for a little bit. So people, you guys don't know this, but Josh and I know this. One of Josh's best friends is Ross Ezadorian, who was mm. on the podcast a while ago. Yeah, he yeah. wrote that book, Broken Banana, yeah. and um, he and I did the Power of Habit together for the book club. But you know that Ross said that was his. Yeah. It wasn't after his... I listening to his. After I listened to that podcast, I was like, "You guys named nine out of the ten books I've ever read in my entire life." Well, I don't think he said it was his favorite. One of his two books he loves, one books he hates, but he did say it, and I was like, "This is such a Josh Ross book." <laughs> like, of course. Anyways, continue. Uh, and then the other one, I uh, uh, sick in the head, Judd Apatow's book. Oh, I don't know that. It's a collection of interviews that he he uh, started interviewing people for his radio show in high school. Okay. So the first interview is like eighty something with Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, and um, and a he's casual just, interview. Yeah, seriously. Just, <laughs> I think I, 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 I don't want to quote him, but I, I, I remember him just kind of seeking out, like, "Oh, I'm going to do this little radio interview," and and it ended up being an incredible start to his journey. <laughs> wow. Uh, and his book, and uh, yeah, just everybody from Chris Rock to Amy Schumer to, I mean, comedy legends, you know, all throughout it. And that's just that was a good one to read, just because you know I could read ten pages and finish an interview and then put it down and right. pick it up on the next break right. and learn from learn from some genius folk. And then a book I hate. Uh, there's a couple, and I put them in the same category: the Forty Eight Laws of Power, mm-hmm. the Art of Seduction. Mm. Those books that became big while we were in college. You remember mm-hmm, those? Mm-hmm. Even the game. Mm-hmm. And we you read all of them. Loved, loved the it. You loved made me it. read the game. Made you read it because and I was it was furious. fascinating and to sexist me. and sexist, misogynistic. Like and like, think about how archaic that it, it was. Is such now. garbage. It's garbage. Such garbage. Garbage. It was all about like being mean, the negs. Yeah. Also, and, my like, brother wants to come on and do the book. <laughs> I think I think he was like, oh yeah, come on and do the game. I was Brady, like, please do the game. This is a highbrow podcast. You We're interview, very fancy. Did you interview Mystery the week Could after. Could you imagine me interviewing my actual blood brother about picking up girls? Like, we're too old, also. Anyways, um, but yeah, uh, all those books, all those man, they, because because sure, you know, there are, there are nuggets of sure knowledge in there things that could help us but you know it why i'm saying it man. Right. like those things in the wrong people's hands mm-hmm. i've heard so much bad behavior justified by those books you right. know and and so those things are always tough man those self-help books right there's so much positive that comes with them i don't even classify those as self-help i'm sorry yeah. but there's so much self-help out there that so much beautiful that comes with it but you know it yeah it cause a lot of 
pain. And, yeah, some and of it's trash. Trash. I mean, you, you can know. hear our conversation two or three weeks ago on uh, the four agreements. Oh, yeah, the four agreements. It is, they can be problematic. I think yeah, is the word be, that that's people exactly use. problematic. Thank you. It is the perfect word, you know. I love the four agreements. And yeah, there are things that are very problematic in the that. The agreements book. are great, <laughs> but the author is me. a human being. Like, <laughs> yeah. he's not like this divine creature who's mm-hmm. a genius. He mm-hmm. just, the agreements are great. Like, mm-hmm. if you take them at face value and you try to apply them, yeah. you know, from a place of like love and respect, sure. Yeah. But some of it is like dumb. Uh, what are you reading right now? Right now. I just finished Rap Dad, so I'm about to start uh, A Man's Search for Meaning. Oh, amazing. Yeah. And what's the last really great book you read? Can I say Rap Dad? Yeah, you Rap loved Dad. Rap Dad. I loved Rap Dad. I'm excited to talk about it because yeah. I had different thinking, feelings about it, yeah. so we'll get into it Absolutely. next week for sure. Yeah, 100%. Um, but I know why you liked it, and I loved it. I'm sure you know why I didn't love parts of it. How do you pick a book? Like, do you read reviews? Do you just like see something online? Do you just call me? <laughs> yeah, it, it's definitely you. You've given me my last few. And like I said, they've been incredible. But it depends on the work I'm doing. Mm-hmm. That's really, I, I don't turn to reading for pleasure. Right. I, uh, I do other things, you know. Um, but like I said, there's no feeling like learning from a book, especially something like Rap Dad, where I, I, I was, I, I'm, learning from his experience that he's going through and, mm-hmm. and has gone through. Um, but it usually depends on if it's going to add to whatever job I'm currently working on. Mm. You know, um, I rarely read fiction, rarely, rarely. I can't, the last fiction book I read was, uh, the Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay. Oh, I never did that. You never read that book, Michael Chabon, yeah, right? Yeah, Michael, yeah. That was the last one I read a few years ago. Um, I, I, I pick up a lot of biographies, Right. Uh, I just like learning from what people have right. gone through. It's like know? a lot of actor biographies or just more like athlete biographies. Athlete. I'm realizing, you know, do you have a favorite athlete biography? Uh, coach Phil Jackson, 11 oh. rings. Oh, so he has a new one. What's his new one? It's like, fuck, I can't remember the name of it. He's like out in the forest. Um, oh, I'll definitely read it. Cause he had the last season, right? The one where he talked it. about Kobe and Shaq. Something about like on the hardwood floor or something. Oh. Something hardwood or oh, something Oh, I'm definitely like going to read that. It's Phil Jackson. Yeah, 100% I'm going to read that. I'm looking it up. Um, uh, no, him, I mean, the first uh, the first by athlete biography I ever read was uh, Mick Foley, the wrestler, Mankind, uh, Have a Nice Day. That was the number one bestseller. I just found the name of the Phil Jackson. What was it? Sacred Hoops. Oh, I'm definitely going to read It that. came out. Oh, wait, that's not new. Was it old? It just casually came out recently in 1995. Oh, perfect. Love that. Brand new book. I did think he had a new book, though. Well, I mean, maybe not. Anyways. They're incredible, but because because you're just learning from these guys that are right. a world that I'm such a fan of, right. you know. But at the same time, they're given the lessons that yeah. that they've been through, you know. Um, Shaq's book I really liked. I'm trying to think of all the ones that I have lined up. I literally have The Rock, Mankind, Shaq, Kobe, Mamba Mentality, and then Phil's. Oh my god, those are the athletes. Starting five. Yeah, seriously, starting five. <laughs> and then I've got like uh, those guys have all the fun, the ESPN book, mm. and then the book of basketball, Bill, Bill Simmons. Simmons. Those are my sports, sports like cannons. Okay, if you had one athlete currently active right now, mm-hmm. whose book do you want to read when they retire? I will say that I appreciate LeBron mm-hmm. because he's giving us, so, he's much giving us so much content. It's like, I know I, your whole story. I know, I know what you say. ate break for breakfast. Like, <laughs> truly, LeBron, have some, like, a lady doesn't reveal all her secrets. My God. <laughs> but I'm loving it. I'm watching The Shop. Yeah. I'm watching More Than an Athlete. But, like, you definitely don't need to read that book. 
I know. I was just going to say, I feel like I'm I'm reading his book a little bit. The no, book I, that I would want to read is yeah, like when you? him and Maverick break up oh. and then Maverick has all the secrets. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so, going to be a great book, My Trace. sports book yeah, that I think guy? that I would want, I think I might want Serena. Oh, that's incredible. I think Serena I might want Serena's book if she got like real, real. 100%. And then I also think I would be interested in Kevin Durant's book. Because I think he's got a lot to say. A lot to say. I think that he's been treated unfairly. Agreed. In the media. Agreed. And I think that he's also trying to do something with his personality that I'm not wild about. And mm. I want to see him reflect mm. on this time 100%. in his career. But like, I mean, on the part like where I think he's being treated unfairly is I just think like he's a really good guy and he's done a lot with his money for a lot of people. Mm. And because he doesn't have like a machine of Maverick Carter and all his friends you know, whose job it is to promote him and all of his good deeds and create television shows and content around him. I think that people unfairly compare him to LeBron and say like, well, LeBron started a school. It's like, mm. okay, this isn't really a competition, but also like Kevin Durant gave a million dollars to Oklahoma City, a city he's not even from, like when he was playing there because they had a hurricane. And like, I feel like J.J. Watt got so much credit for what he did for Houston, which was great. But like Kevin Durant gave a million of his own dollars, just like here is a check. I love KD. I love him. I think he's like a good guy. Did you see that documentary that no. he did? It was like the summer. It was like it was on HBO or Showtime. No. But it was the off season after I think he got injured in OKC, oh. so he was coming back. And I didn't know much about KD until that documentary. Right. Fell in love with him. Really bought his shoes that night. Yeah, it was it. And I so I'm I'm with you. I yeah. love. KD. I like him. I just think it would be a good book. I would be like it would have to be when he's like sixty or seventy when I he know. can like reflect on this like weird like fake villain thing that he's of doing course. where he's like kind of being mean but also like starting like paying for kids to go to college and like building basketball courts are you still gonna feel the same way when he leaves the warriors next year well i liked him in oklahoma city truth so i've liked him truth um previously i wonder what he's gonna do we'll see well maybe him and lebron can be lakers together and then they can write a book together (laughs) Uh, (laughs) which i then actively will not read Mm -hmm. okay and we're gonna talk about books again uh oh i know what's a book that you like to recommend to people I mean, I love to recommend Lamb. I love to recommend that book because not a lot of people know the gospel according to Biff. And, oh. Um, but I don't recommend too many <laughs> books to folks. I was just trying to think. But right now I'm, I'm recommending to everybody So You've Been Publicly Shamed by yeah. Mel Bronson. Yeah. Good. Just because I think it's very pertinent in the times that we live in. Right. You know, and, uh, and I think it's a pretty good read, man. Yeah. A really good read. Taught me a lot. Well, do you set reading goals for yourself at all or no? Because you kind of just read when you read. Yeah, I don't have reading goals because my goals end up being each script, you know, right. or like, or, you know, I, I I like reading my scripts before I audition. So I read the whole thing. Right. And that's a goal. It's like <laughs> I don't walk into auditions without knowing what I'm doing, you know. Right. Um, and then if I'm reading something for a character the goal is like get to something influential by the time you need it, you know, right, like, right. but it's never a, a distance thing. You know, <laughs> I, I've had books on me for years that literally my friends are like, dog, you've been carrying that book with mm-hmm. you since 2005. Why are you not finishing mm-hmm. it? I'm like, I know. And I was kind of like that with La- uh, the sick in the head, uh, Judd Apatow's book, because it's like I said, it was all interviews. Mm. So I was carrying around that with me for years <laughs> <laughs> until I finally finished it, you know, and, but it ends up being more of, I, I end up looking at books as more research, you know, I, right. I don't escape into books. It's, I don't have that type. I think I'm too ADD for that or that's another excuse, but I do jump into research that way. Yeah. I think also like you, reading like everything else 
is like a practice Mm -hmm. and you have to get disciplined Mm -hmm. with it and like you have to really make time Mm -hmm. for it um you have to prioritize it right because like i used to read a ton in new york and then i didn't read it all when i got here and then i started making it a priority and now here we are talking about books on a podcast that allegedly people i don't know listen to it's awesome hi mom (laughs) and i'm sure damaris will listen hi damaris that's josh's mom (laughs) she's amazing okay do you have favorite authors that you've either read and returned to their work or just like authors that mm. really resonate with you? Juno Diaz. Okay. Uh, I read This Is How You Lose Her. That's a lie. I was about to tell you a complete lie mm-hmm. on the pod. And I knew it was a lie. Duh. You knew it was a lie. Uh-huh. You could tell uh-huh. my eyes. Well, because I know when, when you When I'm that. lying. Yeah. Uh, when I f- the first Juno Diaz book I read was Drown. And that was a gift oh. from my friend Jenny Barber while okay. I was doing Electric Company. And uh, she just gave it to me. She's like, yeah, I think you'll love this author. And uh, and I loved him. And uh, it, it introduced me to This Is How You Lose Her. And it just... It, it, but it you sh- also read The Life, The wonder, Brief and Wondrous yeah, Life. Yeah, Brief, exactly. Because you brief recommended that to me. Exactly. And I didn't like it. And that was the third one I read out of his. His yeah. most famous one I read last. I didn't like that one. Yeah, I love... That's okay. That's why <laughs> yeah. we're friends. Yes, of course. <laughs> but no, he 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 started to he he introduced me to a world in books that I didn't know existed, and all right. that was was just a little Latin kid, you right. know. And 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 the things like that that resonated with me were just when you start to see yourself in stuff. Right. So he did that for me, and I, I would always go back to him. Um, and we recognize on this show that also he can also be a garbage person <laughs> and oh. both things can be true. Oh. Like he could write good things and he could be someone that inspired you. Mm. And also he could be garbage and you don't have to defend either <sighs> thing. I just want to say that yes, because yes. I like problematic people too. Yes. I actually, you know, I was yes. in flywheel today and I played Michael Jackson and I know there's like a new Michael Jackson thing coming out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, mm. this is going to have to be over for me soon. Yeah. Blessings to each on their journey. Yes, my exactly. Blessings to each on their journey. Exactly. And, uh, I love Malcolm Gladwell. And uh, I know you love Malcolm. Love Malcolm I'm, Gladwell. I'm super into revisionist history. So good. His podcast is so good. I'm, I geek out. I'm just like, I'm like, feel like I'm like a third grade. Yeah. Like, what's Malcolm going to teach yeah. me today about commas and yeah. punctuation? Yeah, you know? totally. And I love so that good. guy. And and and, and, and uh, what was the first one I read of his? Tipping Point, I think it was the first. That's the last one I read. Oh, I, yeah? I've been telling everybody for years, I've read all the Malcolm Gladwell. I love Malcolm Gladwell. I'm such a big fan. I love yeah. him. Eh. And then I was like, let me look at Tipping Point. <laughs> and I was like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I've never read this book. Yeah, dude, absolutely. <laughs> so I listened to it like in November. Yeah. So I finally so completed good. it. But I was like, oh, yeah, I, I knew everything Malcolm Gladwell's ever written. <laughs> and like, how much did you learn from that guy? I learned a lot. He's so smart. I loved yeah. Blink. And loved I loved Blink. Um, what the dog saw. No, my other one I really liked was David and Goliath. Oh, David I've and Goliath read is my part favorite. of David and Goliath. Yeah, I think that was probably that and Blink were probably my two favorites. Yeah. Um, part of the reason I didn't love Tipping Point is because the whole time I was listening, I was like, I'm supposed to already know this. I, know. <laughs> I was like mad that I had lied to everybody. Malcolm is like, he, he I'm talking, I'm calling him Malcolm. Like I know him. I love reading his observations mm-hmm. while I'm working mm. because he, like you, Trey, uh, always offers that other insight into something. It's the greatest compliment you've ever given me. You know that dog. He, it's true. He it's makes true. you see things in a different way. And when you're caught up in your own, shit mm-hmm. uh, when you're thinking you're the best thing since sliced bread mm-hmm. it's real nice to read mm-hmm. up on this guy mm-hmm. and to hear like hey man the thing that you think started in 2019 mm-hmm. started back in 1974 right and or, it started right. or you know and yeah. like i just love that because totally you know it's, I, I i compared to like neil degrasse tyson you know like mm-hmm. where 
I like those guys that remind us that like we're just like a little speck of dust mm-hmm. in the middle of this whole thing mm-hmm. because because when you remember that you realize that like one I just want to be the best dad ever two you want to be a great friend to your friends right. you want to you want your art to reflect your life right because that's the whole that's what this right. is about there's right. no point in anything else you know right and also like there's also this idea I think that I get from Malcolm Gladwell which is even if you think that what you're doing is the right thing and you're living in the moment and you're behaving the way that you think goodness behaves Mm. like there's a very good chance in 30 years people are going to be like oh my god Mm. you recycled like don't you know (laughs) recycling actually destroyed the or whatever it is no no that's a good but like he always he's constantly bringing back these ideas that are like oh every i mean this is like very obvious but there was a time where everybody thought or a lot of people thought that like during slavery they were saving the black people Mm. and then that changed Mm -hmm. right and like not that you need Malcolm Gladwell to explain that to you, oh. but that's the kind of thinking that he does where it's like, this is what everybody believed in this moment. Like the episode where he talks about the French fries yes. at McDonald's and they were cooked in animal fat. And so they were really flavorful. And so everybody just ate like a small because that's all you needed. And now they changed it to be cooked in like vegetable fat, which is like less saturated fats and it's quote unquote healthier, but everybody's eating super size. Mm. And he talks about like, sure, you're eating less bad fat but you're also eating three times as much fried food Mm -hmm. and like things like that where you're like, you think you're doing the right thing, but really you're not. Yeah. Or really you're just not doing what you think you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he's not so much, he's not so much morality police. Yeah. Which I also like. Agreed. Like he, he allowed, and I don't, do you think he means to do this for us? Like, he allows me the opportunity to kind of forgive myself for a lot of things. Uh, interesting. You know, like, cause yeah. he, he takes that pressure off of you. It's uh, right. Like what you were saying, you know, like there's, there's that pressure. Yeah. 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 But he also, cat. every once yeah. in a while, he has an episode of that show where I'm like, I don't agree. Like yeah. I did not agree with the one about Martin Luther King. And, um, which one was that? It Tell was, me. he had like the civil rights one and it was about the statue with the dog. Oh, I don't listen to that one. Anyways, it was like this whole thing about the civil rights Mm. and he did like a little section on it. And I thought some of it was like really friendly towards Mm. people who had behaved really poorly Mm. in the 1960s in the American South. But, Mm. you know, I had room to just scream at my (laughs) podcast, which obviously is how I behave. (laughs) Okay. What is the last book that made you laugh? The Psychopath Test. Oh, interesting. What's the last book that made you cry? Rap Dad. Oh, what's the last book that made you angry? So you've been publicly shamed. (laughs) I have to ask you this. In your ideal reading setup, where are you? What are you eating or drinking? Absolutely. (laughs) Tell us about it. Because I know you're eating or drinking something. 100%. 100%. I'm drinking a LaCroix. Okay. Or let's be honest, a a Coke. Okay. Uh, I'm sitting somewhere with a lot of sunlight. Okay. And... I, I, I need quiet. I can't read with no other music. stuff going on. Yeah, no music. Just I Gotta just tie your kid up, put a little how, put something in his mouth. You, you, you see my face trying to like say this appropriately so that my son doesn't hate me when he's a grown man. Podcast like, will be like gone yeah, by the time he can you, listen to them. Yeah, you know, because he's two. He's two and change. And and um so ideally He's gone. You know, can I tell you the truth though? Yes. We're starting to read a little bit together because mm. we read to him every night before mm-hmm. he goes to bed and he loves reading. 
So like with Rap Dad, I'd read like excerpt, oh, excerpts from it. And then he'd like obviously run away after right. a couple paragraphs. Like, okay, He's like, I need pictures, much. Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> Stop crying while you're reading yeah. it to me. Okay, I'm right here in present. Get a life, dude. Get a life, dude. What <laughs> is wrong with you? I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> We're related. Are you sure? I know. I hope not. Uh, <laughs> um, do you have any favorite characters from books that you've ever read or least favorite characters? No, not really. Like, uh, you don't read a ton of fiction. Yeah, exactly. I don't read too much fiction. So, and I think that's why it's because it, I, I want to jump in, and I'm I'm already acting in the story. Right. So I don't have time to like allow myself right. to just enjoy the story. You're already like the lead. I, of, yeah, yeah, I've already cast myself. You're like, oh, I'm Shaquille O'Neal. How do I feel about this? I am Phil Jackson. Yeah. Okay. You're like, I really like the Phil Jackson books because I won eleven rings. Surprise. What about a favorite book from your childhood? I loved, uh, I loved the Goosebumps books. Mm. Uh, just every Scholastic book fair, <laughs> you used, I used to go, and I used to love picking up a Goosebumps. Uh, I feel like that was—I I was a scaredy cat as a kid, mm-hmm. so reading those, I felt like I was tough. Mm-hmm. You know, like I could jump into the story, and mm. then of course, because they had the TV show. Uh, but yeah, Goosebumps were a big, big part of my childhood. What about a favorite book that was assigned to you in school that you read? Because I know you didn't read most of them. No, truth. <laughs> truth. I think that's actually true of most kids. Yeah. Because I, I love reading and I read very few of the books that were assigned to me in school. And like as a person who likes reading. 100%. So. I remember reading like To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah, I hated that. Yeah. I I'll, I'll t- I loved One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. We read that too, and I like that yeah, too. I, I still have my copy from high school. Yeah, actually. and I think it's because now I'm t- I can't even remember truly if like where the book and the movie meet and we don't read meet. and watched okay. in high school. Oh, it's so, like we read. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. We'd watch. Oh, cool. Because it was for a lit and film class. So was it pretty spot on? I don't remember. Yeah, I remember. And then either. we also they also did the play at my high school the year after I graduated, and I huh. saw that. So I have like oh. a lot of you have three. I have like a lot going on. Yeah, exactly. But I liked it. Oh yeah, hundred percent. If I you, read oh. the Bible a lot as a kid. Ugh. Have you done one on the Bible yet? No. Hmm. I I had a Christian person on. You did? Yes, but Alec Penix. He ah. wrote that book about training and being Christian. Oh, yeah. And I talked to him about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, which I, was hard for me. Yeah, yeah. I can only imagine. I can it's only just imagine. It's like I'm not that into Christianity yeah. or any religion. So me and you have wrapped a bunch about that, yes. you know. Which I, we, we're going to talk about that when we talk about Rap Dad, too. Yeah, 100%. No, I, I and, and it's funny now looking back, like I'll pick up the Bible every once in a while just to read it, just to kind of grab an excerpt and be like, it's oh, interesting. Not, like, interesting how that's super compelling literature to me. No, that's the, that's, you that's know, yeah. Like, uh-huh. I don't generally feel mm-hmm. that I've read very many religious texts that I feel are compelling to read. Mm-hmm. So I don't like to read them. If the Bible was super interesting and well-written, <laughs> like if the stories were, like if there was a version of the Bible that was written like the stories and not like mm-hmm. hear ye, she mm-hmm, begat mm-hmm, this, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that I might actually be into it. Because I think so, like God spells a great musical yeah. and it talks about like the parables. Yeah, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. I'm into that. But the I remember text. as a I remember as a Christian youth that you saw. He's like, they were like, no, you have to read the new the new King James version because mm. they modernize it mm, yes. to say a lot of bros. <laughs> you know, like, yo, it's Jesus like really said, cool. what up, disciples? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So maybe I would like that version, but I don't feel I. I will say this. I went to Catholic school. I had to read yeah. a lot of the Old Testament and our Hebrew scriptures class. Oh, yeah. But then in Christian scriptures, I had completely moved past my interest in reading anything else from the Bible. Yeah. yeah. I just didn't really care. Um, yeah. If you were a teacher, 
let's say in high school, hmm. what's a book you might assign to your students? Oh, The Places You Will Go by Dr. Seuss. Whoa, really challenging reading for high school students. But I thought about this. Don't hurt them. I thought about this. <laughs> this way, everyone will definitely read it. Definitely read it. If you did not read the Dr. Seuss, Oh, The Places You'll Go, you have much bigger issues at hand. That's true. No, man, I still read that book. I read it to Gus a lot. I, I cry when I read it sometimes. <laughs> it was a gift from my friend Babs uh, for his birthday. And I think there's a lot of insight in that book, man. I think that like sometimes we complicate things as adults sure. and like that whole book is about going to scary places and coming out the other side. You know? It's a great book. I got, I think everybody gives it to you when you graduate high school. Yeah, is that what it was? I yeah, got yeah, that yeah. for high school. Exactly. But it's a good book. And Dr. Seuss is great. What about a book that you read where you didn't feel like you were represented at all? Like it didn't have anything to do mm. with you that you still liked or like enjoyed or found interesting? I mean, I'd like to think the psychopath test, but I think I'm kind of a psychopath. You are, for sure, 100%. <laughs> so, maybe so, I resonated more than I yeah, thought. And that's I, correct. That's definitely correct. I'm just sitting there like staring at the book going, this has nothing to do yeah. with me. You're like, who could possibly be charming and really trying to kill you later? Not me. What kind of crazy person would do that? What about a book? Oh, I know. This is it. <clears throat> Who's going to write the story of Josh Segarra's life? Oh, my son. No. He'll crush you. I hope he doesn't. I hope he no. doesn't. Lisa Brennan Jobs just wrote a book about her life and she crushes uh, her dad. Yeah. I mean, maybe. Who knows? No, that's the truth, though. Like, I, when we rap more about rap dad, I, this book taught me a lot, man. And, and it's, it kind of put into words a lot of what I've been thinking and a lot of what I've been feeling. And it helped to know that other dads go through that too right you know um no who do i want to write the the book of my life my family you know whether i'll it, write it yeah i was gonna say like i could have you write it hopefully yeah, yeah i got you i'm a Ross terrible writer would hopefully yeah. write it you know <laughs> but oh man in truth it's all about that little guy cute what yeah. about a favorite um as an actor plays or playwrights oh uh most influential like when i first got into when I first learned what this thing was acting in high school, it was Neil Simon, mm. a lot of his plays, you know, we would do left on the 23rd floor. We did a scene from him, you know, odd couple was the first play I ever did. Oh, wow. I played Murray, the cop, uh, and then got into college and I love Martin McDonough. Mm. Pillow man. Pillow man. Yeah, you know, so good. Yeah. Love that. Love that thing. Ah, that shout so out good. to those boys that I did that with. Um, I love, Take Me Out, Richard Greenberg. Mm. That was the that was I went with my dad to see it. He took me to see it on a trip to New York, and that's like gay baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About okay, the baseball team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, and uh, it was the first time that I. It was one of the first times where I saw like, oh wait, these guys are athletes, mm -hmm. but they're telling this very, very uh, necessary story. Right. And it's a play on Broadway, and these guys are like doing, they seem like they're having fun. So I yeah. love that. But yeah, I gotta say, Neil Simon first. He was my, he was the first guy where I knew what a playwright was. Right. Are there any favorite like books that have been turned into films or TV since you love film and TV? Hmm. It's also kind of hard because I think sometimes I fall in love with a movie and then I'm like, oh, that was a book? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh. Exactly. I'm, I feel like if I answer anything, I'm just going to say something wrong that was never a book or oh. was a book and I didn't know. Last night we just watched, because um, I just finished reading Romeo and Juliet again, yeah, and yeah. we watched the Baz Luhrmann. Yeah, of course. It is so good. I, I don't that. care. 
it's amazing. No, it's incredible. It's incredible. Oh, yeah. Claire Danes yeah. is so good. So good, man. Leonardo DiCaprio is good. She is so good. Oh, yeah. And the guy who plays Mercutio, yeah. insane. Yeah. Who was insane. it? Insane. He was in Oz and he was also um, in Zero Dark Thirty, the black guy. I don't know his name. Oh. I don't know. He's like a British actor, I think. Yeah. I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, I can't remember his name, but he's so fucking yeah. good. And you know, Leguizamo. Yes. Leguizamo and Leonardo DiCaprio are good. Yeah. These other two are like outstanding. I'm yeah. sorry. Claire Dates is so incredible in yeah. it. And then at the end, she lets out her full Claire Danes ugly cry, like hope, like the precursor to Homeland crying. Of course. And she, of course. Like, <laughs> I did it last night along with the movie, and my husband was like, you're spoiling it. I was like, I'm sorry that I cried too soon. You made me think, though, about Johnny Legs. And it, we talked about biographies before. His book, uh, Pimps, Hoes, Play a Haters, and All the Rest of My Hollywood Friends. That was a big one. I read that right at the beginning of college. Yeah. And I think that was very influential. And it makes me think about his plays. Freak, you know, uh, Spicorama. I could right. keep going. But those, getting to see him on stage, just saw him in Latin history. I used to watch uh, a DVD of Freak. And that was, to me... I used to try to I do I would try to do impressions of him and he would do accents and Dominican accents Puerto Rican accents uh, about his mom or his dad and that was super influential. And you got to be in a movie out. with John Leguizamo. I did. I remember that I was did. a big deal. Yeah, The Ministers. Yeah, I shot yeah. that the uh, yeah a summer in college, winter break over college. Yeah, that's so cool. Okay, last one. Yeah, my favorite one, Can't which wait. I stole from the New York Times. Can't wait. What's one book that you would recommend to the current president of this United States yeah. of America? I've been thinking about that. This question, everybody always thinks that I like it because of who the current president is. Right. But they actually were doing this yeah, when Obama was that. president. Yeah, exactly. And the answers are always really different. But Man, Prez, Mr. President. I would love it if Mr. President, you know, if I might just send him all the places you'll go. Right. You know? Sure. But but I feel like <laughs> I feel like that could be uh interpreted however which way we choose. Yeah, he might think that that's an endorsement. <laughs> just, <laughs> you know. Right. Um the four agreements is a pretty good one. Sure. You know, I'd like I I I'd be interested to rap about the four agreements with Mr. Trump. Yeah. I think I'd be pretty fun. I don't know. I'm inclined to want to give him a book written by a woman, just God, just true. on the point that like women are actually humans. I, I love or that like, idea. Yeah, I love that idea. I don't know. I I feel like that it's a hard question, but I always like to hear what people say because people some people like really struggle with it, and yeah. some people like they know right away. Sometimes mm. it's a children's book, and sometimes they're like, "I'm not playing down to him. Like he needs to read a fucking adult book. You're the yeah, president." It's true. So it's I don't true. Know. You're gonna I have think... to edit out my three and a half minute oh. pause that yeah. I had. In Josh there. was thinking. It's I was fine. thinking it's for fine. a long time. It's good. Thinking is important. Something else he could probably afford to do. Maybe think yeah. before you speak. Okay. Well, we're all set for today. Um, Josh will be back next week. We're going to talk about Rap Dad by Juan Vidal. And if you haven't listened to it yet, go back to our short stacks number four, which is my conversation with Juan, which came out um, Monday, January 14th, I think. I don't know. It's long gone. Who knows? Anyways, check it out. Um, and Josh, thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Trace. And we will awesome. see you all in the stacks. All right. Thank you all so much for listening today. And thank you to Josh Segura for joining us. Remember to check out his new show, The Other Two, on Comedy Central starting Thursday, January 24th. Next week, we're reading Rap Dad by Juan Vidal for the Stacks Book Club. 
For more from The Stacks, follow us on social media using the links in our show notes and see our articles and reviews on the website, thestackspodcast.com. To join the Stacks Pack and to get inside access to this show, like perks and the book club and more, go to patreon.com slash the stacks to join the fun. Make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're listening through Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the show. Our graphic designer is Robin McCrite, and our theme music is from Tagiragis. This show was created and produced by me, Tracy Thomas, and I will see you in the Stacks. <laughs>